Hello there. We're back with an all-new episode with a fun little twist. So settle in and get cozy and gather around the campfire because this is a very special episode of Scary Stories to Tell Your Sisters. Dear sister, how are you today? Hi, Dana. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited because we're doing something a little different today. This is something we've never done before because we both got today off this week. I want to record a little fun twist to our normally scary stories. So I'm excited. How are you? I'm doing, I said I'm doing well and I am doing well, but I am a little under the weather. So if my voice sounds a little bit different, that is why. But I am ready. I'm so ready just to have fun with this episode. This episode is going to be creepazoids because we're actually doing the same topic. Ooh, and it was by choice. Exactly. So the only thing is, is true to form. We don't know what stories the other has chosen. So it's kind of going to be like, well, let's hope we didn't pick the same story. And if we did, it's fine. We will just go with the flow. We'll make but, um, it do. We'll make it do. Now, Megan, do you want to tell the listeners what the singular topic is this week? Sure. The topic for this week is camping slash hiking horror stories. Great. Now, when you decided this topic and format, I was excited because it reminded me of the titular show that rooted the fear in my young child's heart that carries on to this day. Are you afraid of the dark? And the crackling sparks into the fire and the stories that live with us long past our youth. Yes. There are a few of those that linger far beyond. But let's be real. There is one that rises above all that. Yep. I know exactly which one you're talking about. (laughs) You're talking about the one that has the pool and that thing that comes i mean to this day if i were to go swimming in a pool at night specifically Mm -hmm. i'm afraid of that thing so afraid the freaking pool monster man so i thought because you couldn't see him underwater but you could only see him when he came walking up out of the water and when he came out of the water and he was bloody was he bloody okay i remember him being like he's red i think he's bloody yeah i was recently not recently in my mom in my mom in my mind <laughs> i saw him like leafy like oh like a lake monster yes okay but no. it's been a many a years he's not that he is <clears throat> just ghoulish so i thought since this is a different kind of format you guys have a little bit of fun so i actually looked up the scariest episodes uh, on a listicle like ranking of are you afraid of the dark and I thought at the end, it'd be kind of a fun way to end the episode by reading them to see how we remember them. Because there's more than just the pool monster. Oh, man, that sounds exciting. I want to do that. But before we do that, let us have our own Midnight Society. And I am ready, Megan, for your tales of the campfire. Okay, so I have five stories for you. I actually listed them 
in the order that I thought I was going to do them in. But I'm actually going to save number one for maybe last because I think it might be my favorite. So, I mean, they're all good, but there's some that just get you the creeps. I get it. Yeah. All right. So let's start with the shaking. No. This happened to an acquaintance of mine and his son. This took place back in the early 90s. He had taken his young son for a father and son type hike out on Skagway. Out of Skagway. I have no idea where Skagway is, by the way. If any of you are familiar with Skagpatch, there's... But not. You know where Skagway is, so... It's Skagpatch. Yeah. How do you, how do you spell it? Skagpatch? Yeah. Or Skagway? There's two. So Skagpatch is S-K-A-G patch. P-A-T-C-H. So Skagway is in Alaska. Okay. So they're in Alaska. And I don't know. Maybe it's a part of it. Yeah. Maybe it's like a like a patch of land there that they... Yeah. All right. So Skagway, so, city in Alaska. Skagway, city in Alaska, guys. If any of you are familiar with Skag Patch, there yeah. is quite a network of trails above town at Lower Dewey Lakes. So it's evening, dinner done, tent up, bedtime. Sometime later, around midnight, he's woken up by the tent shaking violently. Then silence. Then again, keep in mind it's late August and pitch black. I mean, as pitch black as you can get under the heavy coastal rainforest with no moon. This shaking kept for over an hour. He had no idea what it was. He went out with his headlamp, yelled, and heard nothing. Would go back into the tent, then it would start up again. No. He could hear footsteps whenever it happened. He was pretty shaken up by the next morning, as you could imagine. He reported it to the troopers, and the only thing they could come up with was that someone with a night vision setup was messing around or something else. How creepy would that be? I mean, the person that was doing it, because I think it was a person probably, they were determined and not tired. Like, I would much rather sleep (laughs) than scare somebody the entire night. I know. Not in the scary sense, but like I off, I'm often so tired that whenever I hear like of stories of people leading double lives or doing something nefarious, I'm like, how do you have the energy? Right? I'm like, if I would probably rather nap than do a lot. I know. I know. Abby knows there's no, there's nothing going to happen. Like, no, I don't have the energy to do anything. Right. I know. My word of the year this year, I don't know if I told you, it was fun. No, I wanted to ask you. Yeah. The word was fun. And so, like, even now that I'm sick, I'm like, my word was fun. I need to have more fun instead of, like, taking this nap. But I have to take this nap. So you have to listen to your body so you can have more fun. That's right, Dana. Keeping it. I got you. Yeah. Keeping it real. Okay. So the next up, we have a camp horror story classic, right? Oh, yeah. Well, this one, I'm going to skip, actually, because that one freaks me the F out, too. You're going to go back to it, don't you, though, right? 
oh, yes, yes, yes. But I'm going to come back at the end. Okay. I'm going to save the scariest ones for the very okay. end. I wonder I wonder if it's the same one I found because there was one that I read and I said, I'm so mad at Megan for choosing this topic. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. My girlfriend and I had, this is not the camp one. Okay. My girlfriend and I had driven down an old dirt road that ran beside a lake on one side with mountains on the other. We were looking for unexplored territory to hike in. The dirt road became a trail and eventually was swallowed up entirely by the forest. Once the path became impassable by car, we got out and hiked for quite some time and began making our way back (laughs) to the car as the sun was going down. It was a challenge getting the car to turn around, but I finally managed and we were off. It was slow going as it was a shitty road and getting dark fast. Suddenly, we came to a fork in the path that hadn't been visible coming the other way. Excuse me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's scary. I don't like, sorry. No, sorry. (laughs) I was saying like, excuse me? To talk to say something? No, no, I was saying, excuse me, I hate it. Yeah, I do too. Neither of us had any idea whether to go right or left, so I just picked randomly, hoping that both would end up taking us back to the main road. This would not be the case with Ray and I because, first of all, I would definitely forget which way we, which store. that you would. Yeah, and he would remember. He always remembers. As we rounded a small curve in the road, our headlights fall upon a man dragging a large hockey duffel bag off Absolutely the trail. not. Off the trail and into Four the woods. <laughs> as soon as the lights hit him, he just froze completely still. Driving past him felt like an eternity because we couldn't have been doing more than five miles an hour <laughs> due to the shitty road. My girlfriend and I didn't say a word to each other until we were well past him, at which point we were like, what the fuck was that? And then the road ended. (gasps) Just like where we had stopped the first time. The forest had swallowed up this part of the road. We were going to have to turn around, drive by the man with the human-sized duffel bag again. No. I told my girlfriend to buckle up and hold on tight because at the first sign of trouble, I was going to gun it. We came to the spot where the man was and he was nowhere to be seen. We eventually made it to the right path and got the fuck out of there. The weirdest thing about it was that there wasn't a vehicle anywhere near this guy for 50 miles in either direction. We would have seen it if there had been. We'd travel as far as possible both ways, and there just wasn't a place to pull off of the road. How the hell did he get there? Where was he going? What was in the bag? I don't want to know. I know. Okay, the next one is about these young folks partying in the woods. Oh my gosh, the best thing ever. Late at night. Mm. All right. I'm late to the party, but years ago, some friends and I were going to have a campfire at a lake late at night with copious amounts of alcohol. When we got there, we had to drive around a barricade, and one of the cars got stuck in the mud. While trying to get unstuck, 
I looked around and made a joke about how we were definitely in the beginning of a horror movie. (laughs) We all laugh about it. We get to the car. I'm sorry. We get out of the car. Nope. We get the car out. Yes. We get the car out and continue to the lake. Get all set up. Fire is going. Music is playing. Drinks are flowing. We're having a great time. All of a sudden, some random fucking guy comes walking out of the woods with a beer. I get nervous. Everyone else tells me I'm being paranoid since I watch a lot of scary movies. They invite him to join us. He ends up sitting next to me, but a few feet away. I go to grab another beer from the cooler. See the hatchet that someone had brought, and I decided I'm going to hold on to it. I sit back down, and this random guy makes some comment about how he can see my jugular and wants to bite it. Excuse me. Ew. So, I'm ready to peace the fuck out, but I, of course, didn't drive. A little while later, he makes a comment about how he should have brought his chainsaw. Oh, God. I'm completely alone in thinking this is going to end badly. I move across the fire and close to the cooler and one of my friends. I set the hatchet down next to me, try to ignore the guy and enjoy my night. Fast forward a bit and the guy is making more weird comments, so I reach for the hatchet. It's gone. I start glancing around discreetly at first when the guy smiles at me from across the fire and goes, looking for this? Shut the fuck up, Megan. And holds up the hatchet. I said, fuck all of this, I'm leaving, and managed to get one of my friends to leave. The next day, everyone said that nothing more happened. But as someone who has seen a lot of movies, I wasn't taking any chances. I'm white, but I'm not laugh off a crazy guy with a hatchet white. Okay, Dana, now the last two are the ones that creep me out the most. Oh, God. All right. So we'll go with this one. Okay. This is a summer camp horror story. I love summer camp. I never went, and I say it like I've been a hundred times. I know. I wonder if it's one of summer camp ones that might be dead. <laughs> this one, it, does it freak you out it's, so much? But it, it, <laughs> it's probably the same one, because this one is hella scary. <laughs> Go ahead. All right. This kid was camping at a summer program when he was 16. He was going to bed one night, but the group he was with stayed awake, chatting in their tent when they suddenly started to hear heavy breathing nearby. He described the noise sounding like someone had just sprinted and stopped right outside of their tent. Trying to stay calm, he ignores it and keeps chatting. Then they hear, Please help me. Okay, I'll tell you right now, this is not the one I had. Okay. (laughs) Everyone in the tent went silent. They heard the question again. Please help me. Oh, God. At this point, they were all freaked out. Then one of the braver kids turned on the flashlight and opened the inner flap to see out. They saw a pair of scabbed, pale legs standing there. It seemed as though the guy had been walking nude through the woods for a while. 
the man asked for help again, and the boy who opened the tent told the man to keep walking down the trail and he should find a ranger soon. The man responded, No, no rangers. They keep me here. <clears throat> One of the camp chaperones came out and asked the man a series of questions. The old man didn't answer. Instead, he started sobbing and ran into the woods. That's it. What? No. That one makes me sad and scared. I know. It is it is a little sad, but also like, what the hell is going on? I'm scared. I don't want him to come to my door. No. Dana, what would no. you do if you were sleeping? No, I don't think I even wake up, Megan. Dana, you were sleeping? No. Yes. I don't, I don't sleep anymore camping, you know? You're sleeping, you're camping, and you didn't hear anybody open the tent. But you open your eyes and look over next to you because you smell something bad. And that man is breathing his breath onto your face. And he opens his eyes wide and says, Oh, I think I just like burst into, I think just all the liquid in my body would just tears, (laughs) drupal, sweat. All just like evacuate my body at the same time. All All right. One last story. Okay. So this one is a young. Sorry. I'm ready. I'm not ready though. Yeah. A young man and his experience during a lone camping trip. I was camping in the middle of nowhere in Washington. Washington? Washington. (laughs) Near Mount Rainier. Rainier. Rainier? Rainier. Yeah. Okay. I was camping in the middle of nowhere in Washington near Mount Rainier. Like, not an official campground, just way out in the forest where I wouldn't have expected another human for miles. One night, I wake up and hear something, open my tent, and there is a guy sitting by my fire. No. Where it had, yeah, where it had been right outside my tent. Nothing particularly noteworthy about this guy. Might say he's going to buy your fire, but that's fine. Right? Just a fairly regular-looking dude, but sitting there a couple of feet from my tent. No bag or pack or anything with him. Just a guy. He saw me open the tent. His eyes got huge, like he had just seen a ghost, and he took off. It shook me up pretty bad, but over the next day, I managed to put it out of my mind fairly well after writing it off as just some odd occurrence and a guy that was probably high or something and had somehow managed to set up a camp, coincidentally, not far from mine. Maybe, like, yeah, maybe he got, like, mixed up with. Yeah. Like, oh, it's not my fire. Oh, fuck. Right, and he's (laughs) high, so. Yeah. Then, two days after that, and about 10 to 15 miles away, in a totally random direction that nobody could take the same path as on accident i was sitting by the fire that night and started hearing noises Uh -uh. and i got more convinced that it was a person i called out to them and out of the darkness someone was like do you know how to get to bell's canyon i do no i said no (laughs) no no (laughs) i didn't even think that's a real place there. 
They kept they kept talking from just out of my line of vision. I tried to see them. What? Even worse. I know. I I could see you. Right? I tried to see them with my flashlight, but they yelled, aim that away. And and kind of spooked. I'm kind of spooked, No, I think they were the... The writer or the the writer? The writer was spooked and not wanting to piss him off. Okay. So, um... He did. He pointed it away. After like 15 minutes of being very freaked out and of them talking and asking completely random questions from the darkness, it sounded like the voice had gotten closer. So I shined my light that way again. And it was the same dude who had been outside my tent two nights before. He had to have followed me almost 15 miles over two days because there was no way he could have just accidentally wound up in the same spot as vast as that wilderness is. No possible way. As soon as my light hit him, he took off. I started to chase him, but didn't want to get lost in the wilderness in the dark, so stopped quickly after about 100 to 200 feet. This one couldn't be written off because the only way he could have been in both places is specifically if he was following me. No. I decided the trip was very over first thing in the morning and hiked back out over three days, constantly doubling back, trying to throw anyone following my trail, throw off anyone following my trail, and occasionally hiding and waiting to see if he would come by following me. I really can't describe how terrifying it was to feel like... Oh, you like, did well enough. Right? To describe how terrifying it was to feel like I was being hunted through the woods and to actually have to brainstorm on things I could do to best avoid potentially being murdered. On the first night of hiking out, twice I heard what sounded like a person walking circles outside of my tent. But by the time I mustered the courage to look, nobody was there. No. On the second night, I heard what I thought was an animal making noises at first in the distance, Uh but slowly decided it sounded more like a human making animal calls. Absolutely not. Yeah. But could have actually been an animal, but I didn't actually see the guy again. But it really sounded like a person making howling noises. Mm-hmm. I literally almost cried when I finally got back to the car. The relief was so strong. To this day, probably the most terrifying experience I've ever had. I have no idea who the guy was or what his intentions were. And no way of getting an explanation. But I really can't articulate just what a terrifying few days it was. The fact that he didn't leave immediately that night. I guess he didn't want to leave because the guy ran off. I don't know if I would have lingered another night there. Well, I don't think that he wanted to linger another night. I think it was just that he was so far out. Oh, that he couldn't. Yeah. Safer too. Yeah. I hated that. Oh, Dana, what do you have? Uh, very different ones than you do. Okay. Because I'm still stuck on that one. I don't, I would hate that. I, and then like, I know that one really scares me because like 
when he says being hunted. Well, yeah, but also like, I don't know why, but the part where he asks, do you know how to get to Bell's Canyon? Like, maybe the guy was just like high out of his mind, but still following that same guy. Because like, like you said, also, I would never hike alone. This was in the middle of the night, too. Can you imagine being middle of the night, being by your fire? Just thinking it's like you. Oh, no. Uh-uh. I'm, I'm, I'm alone in a building. And I'm like, can't do it. Can't put myself there out of legit fear. Yeah. That would be so scary. Do you know how to get to Bell's Canyon? No, I don't. <laughs> it's inside my tent and lock it. Mm-hmm. Now, when I was researching, there was a trove of scary stories. There's tons of like subreddits and things like that about camping and rangers and stuff like that. But I wanted to weed through different things i wanted to go yours was like about almost like creepy people and things like that mine is about more of the supernatural aspect oh so i felt like i found some good ones so this one it says me and my girlfriend were sitting in our in, in our car parked in a rest area we are having something to eat after visiting mount saint helens It was rainy, so the windows were fogged and rolled up, and it was approaching nightfall, so it was getting dark. We were minding our own business when suddenly there was a series of three knocks on the driver's side window. They were both startled. There was no one else in the parking lot. Even more terrifying, the driver's side window overlooked an embankment. Oh, my God, Dana, that's so scary. They rolled down their window and looked out, but saw no one. This was enough to thoroughly creep them out. They left immediately. Later on, they read a park flyer that a man had died there during the eruption. Ever since then, they've been wondering if the knocks of the men, of the, the ghost of the man trying to get away. Oh, creep azoid. Now, I had these in order that I was going to do them. But like you, mm, no, actually, I don't know. I think I want to get this one. This one's terrifying. It is so short, but it scares me so much. And I'm like, do I want to save it for the last? Or do I want to get it out of the way now? Ooh, totally up to you. I'm going to get it out of the way now because I can't do it. (laughs) Like, this one made me want to cry. Oh, okay. Because Tell me. Tell me now. Oh it's one of my biggest fears. Like, it surpasses red eyes. And I don't even speak it because I don't want to speak it into existence. Ooh, tell me. But here it is. <clears throat> I was camping with my husband and his family at a small remote lake in New Mexico. There were about 10 people in our group and another group of six people in the next campsite over. It was nighttime, and both groups were doing the normal, typical activities, making s'mores, having a few drinks, telling stories around the campfire, when we all heard what sounded like a little girl yelling out for help. Neither group had children with them, but we were all positive we were hearing a little girl. So we decided to search the area we heard the noises from together. (sighs) <sighs> there there was a field behind our campsites. 
and we all saw a very tall, pure white figure standing maybe a hundred feet away from us in the field, making the noises. <gasps> we all agreed this thing looked maybe six feet tall, skinny, and white as can be. We made our way closer. But whatever it was that we saw just started backing off as we got closer, and it disappeared into the trees. All night, we continued to hear the little girl calling for help as we tried to sleep. That is so scary. I don't like it. People, like a lot of people respond cry. What? I don't want to hear a child cry. A lot of people responded and don't say what you think it is because I don't want to say it. And I think it, like in some cultures, it's not okay to say what we think it is, but it's kind of the thing that we talked about before. What Abby hates? What Abby hates. Okay. Yes. And a lot of Native American cultures have things about that. And for those listening who are wondering, it's basically like. Can you uh, spell it? S-K-I-N-W-A-L-K-E-R. Okay. And I thought you were going to say W-E-N-D-I-G-O. I think those are like slightly related but different entities kind of thing. Okay. The SW is known to mimic noises oh i would love to and by love i mean i would be traumatized doing a whole episode on those because people will hear like their voice or someone's voice calling their name and it's like that's not so and so they're not here that is so scary and that reminds me of do you remember i maybe i've already told this story on here but do you remember when we, we used to live on a dead end dirt road mm-hmm. and we lived across the street from our, our besties. And one night, I think the kids, I don't know if the kids were home. They might have been at our house, but the parents kept hearing crying outside of their window. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. And we don't know to this day who was crying outside of the window i mean like we knew everybody on the street and it would be very odd for somebody to just be standing outside of their window in their front yard crying yeah well i hate it so thank you so much that is terrifying so the next one i have isn't really camping but camping adjacent in the form of road tripping and it's just as chilling okay says I was driving across country with my mom and sister when I was 16 and my sister was 20. So the same age difference as you and I. So put ourselves in that point of view. It was late, but we were all well rested and still alert. We were driving along interstate and needed gas and a bathroom break. So we stopped at the only rest stop in 200 miles. There was a van full of teenagers on a road trip at the gas station as well as a small gray car parked at the pump in front of us with two young men standing still outside of it. When we got there, everything felt wrong. We'd been on the road for days and had seen many rest stops at night and never had been afraid until then. My mom and sister went inside and I stayed in the car. I heard the three teenagers say they were creeped out and couldn't get the pump to work, and they left in a hurry. I was watching the car in front of us, and the two men had not moved at all. Not an inch. They weren't talking. 
They weren't on phones. They were just standing there, still as stone. My mom and sister came running back out to the car. And when they got in, the two men slowly turned to look at us, <gasps> moving or pivoting the rest of their bodies. And I swear to fucking shit, we all saw the same thing. They had eyes dark as pitch and empty. <gasps> truly empty. Not black, not putting any light at all, just void. Oh, Dana, that is we, terrifying. We sped out of there and didn't stop until we were at the next city. The worst thing about the entire experience, we couldn't find the place on any map. Oh, we my God. We exactly which spot on the interstate we should to look, and we couldn't find it on Google Maps or any paper map we had. We even asked locals about the creepy gas station out on that stretch of road and only got confused looks. We've traveled that interstate since, and there is no rest stop. What the heck? And they had other people there, too. They the saw other people. Yeah. Or like, yeah. And, the, and the pump didn't work for them. And I don't know. Yeah. That was Ew. Okay. And, okay, so this, this, is, this is the camp, the summer camp. Oh, okay. And I literally said in my in my notes, my next one is a type of camping we've never done. Summer camp. And it says, I was a volunteer in a summer camp and was responsible for a group of 18 girls between 15 to 17 years old. It was around 11 p.m. and the weather was hot and humid and the girls were doing a pajama party. I helped them put several mattresses on the ground and let them do their thing while I played on my phone on the top of the only bunk bed. All the windows and doors were closed, and out of nowhere, the temperature dropped. And we heard the sound of a door opening. The door didn't actually physically open. Followed by steps. And from the top of my bunk bed, I saw the steps on the mattresses near the door. And, like, I saw the steps, like, move in. Mm. And they stayed there for a while. We couldn't move or speak. And the air got so cold, it was difficult to breathe. From the bunk bed, I saw a woman walking around mattresses and the girls. I kept trying to get down the bed, but I couldn't. Until finally, after what felt like hours, the whole room shocked. The door made a sound and the temperature returned to normal. It was like an explosion after the silence. The girls started crying and yelling. I was extremely freaked out, but was trying to calm them down when the camp leader used her key to open the door. She said she was doing a night check. And when she saw all of us, quote unquote, frozen in place from a window and was worried, but she didn't actually feel or see anything. She just thought it was weird that no one was moving. About three weeks after there was a boy camp, the same place, I guess. And some of the kids in the same cabin we used woke up with scratches and bruises after seeing a woman angrily yelling at them to get out. We didn't rent that place anymore after that. I've told the story to several friends, but I don't think they fully believe me. But I've stayed in contact with some of the teens who later became a volunteers, and they all remember that night, and our stories are pretty similar. Oh, that is a really creepy one, Dane. I have not heard that one. Right? Yeah. 
Okay. And I have two more for you. Okay. The next one is, I'm not convinced there is an afterlife or such thing as ghosts or demons. But once I saw something in the woods that felt so unnatural, it made me second guess how I see the world. I was hiking up a hillside thick with trees in the middle of the night during a long weekend. Some friends and I decided we would hike to the top of the hill and set off some fireworks. Approaching the hill and surrounding the base of this hill was a rolling grass valley. It was midnight, full moon and light mist. That sounds lovely. Straight out of a horror movie, the guy said. <laughs> Strange part was I wasn't nervous or scared or anything. I was having a great night with my buddies. I didn't have any of my defenses up. My buddies and I just hiked in a straight line through the rolling grass valley approaching the hill. It reminds me of when dad went hiking, I think, in the Dakotas and was like going through the really tall grass. Oh, yes. And he kept on like either seeing something or hearing something. And his buddy was up on like a, a higher peak or pla plateau. And so I'm completely like walked through Buffalo. Yes. And they, he was like, I don't know how you miss them. You literally cut through all of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. Because those. So it reminds me of that. But every time I see a buffalo, that's that's like my dad's sign. Oh, uh, mine's a cardinal, which I have next to my bed. Oh. Um, but so they're walking straight file line and something catches my eye. It says on my right, I saw a tall, shadowy figure standing perfectly upright on the top of a small grassy hill. It was standing there right next to a large dead tree. I couldn't make out any details. Both the tree and the figure were silhouetted under the moonlight. The strange part was seeing the figure didn't scare me. I didn't immediately sense any threat. I almost assumed it must have been another hiker or somebody having a smoke. I passively turned my flashlight on it. And that's where it, when it happened. In an instant, as my light hit the spot where this figure was standing, it instantly moved just outside of the range of my flashlight, like it teleported or something. But just as, I, as vividly as I saw it standing in its initial spot, as my light hit the spot and the figure moved, I could see it standing just outside the range of my light. My breath paused. In an instant, a wave of dread washed over me. Something felt 100% unnatural about what just happened. As a reflex, I moved my light to the new spot where the figure was, and as my light passed it, it disappeared. I've never passed out in my entire life, not from heat, not from getting knocked out, never. But in that moment, I felt my knees give away from under me, and I just fell to the ground. My friends turned and looked at me, trying to pick myself up, and my knees were too wobbly to stand. They helped me, and, try and I tried to explain to them what I experienced. I'm willing to bet it was all just light and shadows playing games with my eyes, but I'll never be able to explain that sensation I felt of feeling like I had just seen something I shouldn't have seen, something so unnatural that my body's instinctual reaction was to just go. Ooh. And the last one is also a summer camp one. Okay, it's a little short one. Hello, sweet boy. Sorry, my boy's next to me sleeping. He just rolled over and groaned. 
Because it's a crotchety old man and a baby all together. Baby. <laughs> okay, so the last one. Summer camp part two. I worked at a summer camp this past few months. I was alone with a group of nine to ten-year-olds. We started typically. There was a homesick camper. I'll call him George. He can't sleep. I give him the typical fun things at camp happen spiel. George calms down and lays back in bed. I lay there for a while longer until I'm confident he's asleep because I'm not allowed to be asleep while campers are awake. When I start to go to sleep, I hear humming. It frustrates me because I'm fucking tired. It begins to grow louder and more dissonant. It's real fucking creepy. And it even wakes up the other kids. I'm concerned. So I walk up to him because the noise is coming from George. And he just stares at me blankly in the eyes, smiling and says, sweet dreams. He didn't have any recollection of it the next morning no incidents until later in the week it's around 11 o'clock and the kids are finally asleep so i pass out until i'm woken up by a crying kid i ask him what's wrong and he says george is scaring him and a few of the other boys i see george sitting in the middle of the room humming that tune with his head hung down kids around him are crying and trying to get his attention I tell them to lay down. It'll be okay. I sit next to George and try to talk him out of it, but he won't budge. I start tapping him and try to shake him, but he won't fucking stop. Just keeps getting louder. All of a sudden, he just gets up, looks around, and chuckles. Walks back to bed and silently get lays down. He is not invited back. I convinced the other kids. He was just sleepwalking or some shit. They calm down and fall asleep. I lay down, but I can't sleep. I felt like he was staring at me the entire night. No, I would send him home. Like, George, you home? I'll call your parents. You can, you can go home. You don't need to hum here anymore. Come yeah. here. Come here, whatever. <laughs> I would not keep him there. I would have him go to somebody else's whatever camp room. I don't know what they have. No. Nope. That would scare me so much. That one, I think, scared me the most. Okay. So I ended on that one. I'm going to send you a link. Okay. And together, we shall read (laughs) the 10 scariest. Are you free of the dark? Okay. Episodes. I feel like it'll, it'll be nice to end on a, a nicer note. Though, so, I don't really know if that's a term I would use. Right. I have read through this list. And I think maybe we could take one over the other. Like, you read yeah. that. Okay. The first one is the tale of the Quicksilver. So, brothers Doug and Aaron have moved into a new home and a new school. And Aaron begins to see his new classmate, Connie, who is a young Tatiana Ali, in his dreams. But in these dreams, she's summoning a creature of darkness into their home. The spell goes wrong as the creature advances. Soon things in the house begin to move on their own and shake violently at random times. Connie reveals she had a twin sister named Laura, and they used to live in Doug and Aaron's new home. Laura attempted to banish the evil spirit haunting their house, 
but now she's haunting it as well. Ooh. Dana, these mm-hmm. stories are so good. They're so good. And I'm like, it's the kids of Nickelodeon, like, kids show from, like, 1990 to 2000. And, I mean, it has, like, some old school Canadian actors. And also, like, I don't know if Tatiana Lee is Canadian or not. But you have, like, Hayden Christensen. I think a young Ryan Gosling. And these things haunted me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they are quality stories. They This show could definitely be, they could, I don't know make movies out of each scenario here yeah they it was it was i obviously i know like some of the things like quality and like cgi and whatever probably don't hold up to date but the storyline oh yeah here and the fear you got like i've rewatched some of these like i said i don't know if i told you i rewatched the pool one my 20s and it still still gets the job done of scaring me oh god i'm sure it would do the same for me all right, the next one is The Tale of the 13th Floor. Ever wonder about the floor of your buildings you've never explored? Ever wonder what might be up there? Billy and his sister Karen have wondered about the 13th floor of their apartment for a while. But one day, they find it's become inhabited by new tenants, inviting them to test out some unique new toys. Of course, they soon realize these toys aren't the safest. For people, at least. It seems like these tenants are beings from another world interested in taking Karen away from them. However, their intentions are not as malicious as one might think. So that one, I'm like, I'm like that'd be kind of creepy. Like, hey, aliens are in the 13th? Absolutely not. And so this one has Aaron Ashmore, who is in X-Men and a couple of things. He's been in a lot of things. He's, he's an actor you would know. Is that the picture that I'm looking at? Wait. No, that's not him. Aaron Ashmore is an actor who... Oh, sorry. Okay. I'll look him up. Yeah, you might might not know him as as much. Do you you watch the show Killjoys at all? No. Yeah. Oh, wait. I do know him, though. How? Do you watch Janine Georgia? Yes! Okay, yeah. That's where he's from. Yeah, I don't know if you watched it or not, but yeah. Okay. And then his twin, he's a... Oh, uh, and Lock and Key. I I didn't watch the... I didn't start the second season, and I know there are more. Okay, he has an identical twin brother who was also in, like, The Boys and uh, The Ruins, and he was in X-Men. The Ruins, as in the book that I... Yeah, the book you made. Oh, he was also in The Following. Oh, okay, I watched The Following. His twin brother was identical. I didn't know they were twins until recently. Interesting. I'm yeah. his twin. Oh my god. Yeah, identical twin. That's that's crazy. All right. Uh, okay. So the tale of Bigfoot Ridge. Very close to what I hate. It's glowing eyes in general. So Danny's current hobbies include snowboarding with her brother Kirk, who is Hayden Christensen of Star Wars acclaim, and figuring out her friend Gina's disappearance. Suddenly, she begins receiving visions of Gina calling for help leading her to a place called Bigfoot Ridge. When they get there, they find a derelict cabin with a skeleton and gear inside. They find Gina, but something's different about her. She has glowing green eyes and seems to drain Danny and Kirk of their age. Then an old lady appears claiming to be the real Gina, as the other is an evil spirit called an Umbra. Can they defeat the being before Gina is drained completely? Ooh. Oh, Megan? Oh, God. 
Hold on. I just want to say, isn't Umbra like the shadow of the moon or something like that? Umbra, I think Umbra is the ring around the new, moon, isn't it? I think so. The darkest part of a shadow, especially the cone-shaped region of full shadow cast by Earth, the moon, or other body during an eclipse. Okay, so the shadow. Yeah, wow. Interesting. Okay. So, okay, also Umbra is the Latin word for shake. So, and people often use shade to describe ghosts. Oh, interesting. Didn't know that. A phantom or a ghost, Umbra. Umbra. Okay. Good to know. Okay. This next one is scary as fuck. (laughs) The tail of the night shift. This creature or whatever the heck it is, let me just tell you, the picture is of a thing. I would say a person, but it's something. And it has like a greenish skin tone. The hair is gray and receding, and the eyes are red as can be with, like, a dark undertone underneath the, the like, where eye bags are. Oh, yeah, and it definitely has dark under eyes. And the teeth are different as well. They so. leave a lot desired. Yes. So Amanda works the night shift at the United Hospital. Graveyard shifts such as these hold many surprises as things take a turn for the creepy. First, the staff begins to act like they're in a trance, like a living dream. Then, the patients start to vanish without a trace. Blood storage bags have been punctured and are leaving trails on the floor. Amanda and her friend Colin find their co-worker Felix has grown a little hungry for blood because Felix found a delivery at the start of the night and it's been feeding all night long. Creepazoid. Okay, the next one is The Tale of the Midnight Madness. The sinister Dr. Vink was one of the show's few returning characters, appearing several times to use his quote-unquote experiments. But out of all his appearances... This one might be his best. He appears one night to save the old Rialto movie theater from closing down simply by presenting a reel of Nosferatu, which Nosferatu is like the OG vampire. Uh The theater becomes more popular than ever, but when the owner doesn't want to play more old movies, Dr. Vink only says more surprises are in store. And soon, the vampire on screen starts to notice the camera and the people watching him more than they'd like. Ooh. I I love that the Rialto when they were do you remember when we were kids and we would go to like Regal, Regal. and mom and dad would always call it the Rialto. The Rialto. Oh, that's so funny. All right, the next one is the tale of the la- of laughing in the dark. Oh. He may be more reasonable and merciful than Pennywise or Art, but Zebos definitely on the creepier end of clowns. At Playland, Josh gets dared to go inside the spook house, which is said to be haunted by the cigar-loving clown. Then he goes a step further and steals Zebo's red nose off his display. But at home, he begins to smell cigar smoke coming from nowhere. Then the phone rings. A creepy voice answers, asking Josh to give back the nose or he'll come and get it. Then a balloon comes floating in, popping with one final message. 
Give it back. Creepy. The tale of the fire ghost. It's a tale that combines forces of nature with the supernatural. One night, siblings Jimmy and Roxy are left alone in their dad's firehouse when suddenly they get a visitor. He seems to be a firefighter like their dad, calling himself Jake. As the kids have heard rumors of a fire ghost, Jake explains that fire is like an animal. It thinks and will do anything to grow, even after extinguished. Sure enough, something begins to stalk the kids, taking on many scorched and burnt forms. It's up to Jake and the kids to figure out how to keep this fire ghost at bay before they go up in flames. Oh, Megan, there it is. Oh, gosh. Yeah, Dana, you were right. The the ghost or whatever, the dead man, the tale of the dead man's float. This is the, the one that haunts, I think, if you add, if you pull any of like, the 90s kids or whatever who watch the show, like, which one do you remember the most? I think they'd all say this one. It's true because this one really sticks in your brain and never leaves. It, And you're right. The picture shows, like, a skeleton but it's like covered in like red guts or something. I don't know what it's covered in. Slime, sludge. No, it's gross. When it comes to the monsters created for the show, perhaps none creep kids out more than what lay underneath the water of this pool. As the episode begins, Zeke and Clarice find this hidden pool that opened in the 50s, but closed soon afterward. Nobody seems to know why except for an old night janitor with a personal tie to the place. Clarice decides to reopen the pool for her swim team, but soon they begin to notice a foul smell emanating from the water, and the kids only barely notice someone or something trying to pull them underneath. I don't want anything to pull me underneath. No. So this is the tale of the ghastly grinner. Ethan Wood loves comic books, but can't seem to break into the business. Because you're probably a child, Ethan, but it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) While attending the opening of his town's new comic store, he's given the only issue of artist Sylvester Unka's creepiest creation, The Ghastly Grinner. This Joker-like villain had a power to drive people insane with a nightmarish cackle. As Ethan noticed strange things happening at home, he opens the comic and finds... Everything he's been doing for the last day has been drawn inside. As he sees more and more answers, the grown-ups around him start laughing and dripping with blue ooze, and it, cri- and it quickly becomes apparent the Grinner has come to town. The next one is the tale of the dark music. Andy Carr has moved with his mom and his sister into a home inherited from a distant el- uncle. While unpacking, Andy goes into the basement and finds an old radio. Every time he plays it, something in the basement tries to lure him into the cellar. At first, Andy's terrified, but he becomes increasingly hypnotized by the thing by this thing's tricks. Then, when a local bully trashes his bike, he decides to get a little payback. But his revenge was more lethal than he intended. Still, he's got a brand new bike now. And there can be more on the way. Just the occasional helping of food will suffice. That's creepy. Right. And like, does he just like feed? That's what it feels like. Into the thing. I said, what? Oh, that's a little dark. 
Right? So, yeah. I have not remembered all of these. And it kind of makes me want to, like, find out if I can rewatch it somewhere. Because it sounds like something that would mess me up. <laughs> do it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know if I want to do it, honestly. This was such a fun thing, especially because, like, you weren't feeling well. But I think it gave us a nice, easy way to do scary stories that we didn't know with each other still and kind of take it easy and have some, like, nostalgia thrown in as well. Yeah, I loved it. Thank you, Dana. Of course. But next week, tune back in and we will have two new stories of this strange and peculiar with me, Dana. And me, Megan. Until then, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Scary Sisters Pod. You can email us any ideas or personal stories you have that you want to be shared on the show later this year. We'd love to hear your personal stories, by the way. Like, if you have any scary stories, send them in. Yes, our email is scarysisterspod at gmail.com. We're hoping to compile all the stories we get and those of our fellow friends and family to kind of have a little listener story to show how it's not just you out there strange things are happening everywhere until then stay safe and stay spooky love you bye